0: Why do we find ourselves holding on to our cluster B with a death-like grip? Why is it that we can't imagine ourselves without them? Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. I want to kick off this podcast with a, a saying that kind of resonated with me, and this could be really for anybody. It's about a narcissist, but this could be about anybody who is abusive, an abuser, so to speak, in a relationship, a cluster B. And the saying is, it's a very simple saying, a narcissist will promise you the same world they still owe their ex. Okay, and this comes full circle to why we hold on to our cluster B with a death-like grip, why we can't imagine ourselves without the cluster B, why we can't imagine ourselves without the borderline, why we can't imagine ourselves not being abused on a daily basis, not being loved, not getting what we need. Is it because we're codependent? Is it because we're trauma-bonded? Well, yes, it's probably a couple of those things, maybe both of those things. But I think it's the ultimate fear of rejection. In my case, Rejection is there. It's 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 every single day for my wife of almost twenty years. Nothing I do is right. I'll give you a quick example. Our granddaughter was participating in a dance recital just this past weekend, and I went out and bought a bouquet of flowers. This is when I went to work. I, I work some overnights now just to kind of help out. The economy is tough. We all have to make some extra money. So I left early for work uh, last. Uh, Friday. And, uh, I work, as I said, I work from seven to 5 AM the next morning. So I made sure that I got to the, uh, the, the supermarket to pick up some flowers unbeknownst to my wife. She didn't know that I was doing that. So I kept the, the flowers in a, in a water bottle and, uh, with some water in it, obviously, uh, so that they would keep, and I, I left them in my car until we were going to leave because I thought it would be a nice surprise for our granddaughter. You know, she's doing a dance recital. That's sort of a traditional thing to do. So that morning, I I went to bed for a few hours, got up really tired, not getting my full three or four hours of sleep to get ready for this recital. I was ready to go. And the first thing that was wrong was my dress. I did not dress formally enough. Apparently, everybody else was going to be very formal for this recital, so I had to go and change my outfit. So that was not good enough, even though... I did dress in a pair of dress slacks, dress shoes, and a nice shirt. Um, My wife seemed to feel that I was not dressed up enough. Okay, so that was number one. But the next thing that I didn't do that was right, she said, you know, we need to get some flowers on our way to the recital. And I said, oh, hey, no problem. I got that covered. I I have a, a bouquet of flowers. And so I brought them in from the car. And I could immediately sense that those flowers were not good enough. She's like, well okay, we'll, we'll have to go see if we can get another bouquet. So there you go. That sums up a narcissist basically in a nutshell or somebody who's toxic. Again, I, you know, we throw out, listen to my podcast labels, labels, labels. Is my wife a diagnosed narcissist? No, she's not. So for me to say that is probably wrong. However, I will tell you that most of the the symptoms or perhaps the behaviors, not symptoms, but associated with narcissism definitely are embedded in my wife's behaviors. But nonetheless, she's a toxic person. So that wasn't right. The bouquet was not right. We had to go and we went to another grocery store and we stopped and we looked for a bouquet and we just couldn't find the right bouquet. So we did end up giving the flowers that I purchased to our granddaughter who was thrilled with them. This is a nine-year-old girl. So, I mean, she was very happy to receive flowers in general and saw the symbolism, not the fact that it wasn't the best bouquet in my wife's opinion, but it was funny because it came from me. It didn't come from her. She didn't want to be associated with it. So that's an example of hurtful behavior. But you know, it was different because as I said, and as I've talked about in my past podcasts, having come out of the fog, I am no longer no longer really hurt by those incidents. It just further solidifies. It further justifies my belief that my wife is toxic. She's abusive. She's very unpleasant. Instead of saying, hey, I appreciate that you, you know, had the thought. Her first reaction was, oh, you kept them in the car overnight. They must not be fresh anymore. They might have wilted. Well, I told her I kept it in a bottle with some water. And then her next reaction was that they weren't good enough. And that is really the crux of the relationship with somebody like this, that nothing you do is good enough. But yet for some reason, for some reason we all have this inherent fear that this cluster B, this person who abuses us, this person who doesn't like us, this person who discards us, devalues us, they're going to leave us. They're going to reject us. We have a fear of losing them to another person. So often I read about people being terribly upset that, you know, their cluster B, their abusive partner, is going to leave and find somebody else. Well, good riddance. And I agree with that statement because it's so true that the narcissist or the cluster B is going to move on to somebody else. And, well, they're going to basically promise them the future that they promised us the same world that they still owe their ex which in this case will be you. The future faking, the breadcrumbing, all of this. And yet we seem to have this big issue with losing these people in our lives because we've invested so much time, in some cases, so much money, so many resources we've redefined ourselves. And now they're going to move on to somebody else. And do we have no faith in ourselves that we deserve better? Do we settle because we feel unworthy? This reflects back on us, folks. Think about that. We're so busy getting jealous over our partners finding somebody else who they haven't found yet, in some cases, maybe they have, that we don't think about ourselves. We're just still thinking about them. Well, now they found somebody else. Now that other person's going to get what we deserve. Well, eventually they're going to get what we deserve and then some because they're going to go back through the cycle again it's you know it's it's basically wash rinse repeat we know this you know this or maybe you don't and maybe this is the first you're hearing of it but that example that i gave you about the flowers about being not well dressed this is all the way it plays out on a daily basis you can't do enough these people are very negative. Just yesterday, I shared with my wife that my, my employer was giving us a bonus. And the first thing she reacted to was the fact that I'm going to lose half of it in taxes. Not congratulations, not, hey, that's really great news. They're always looking at the glass half full. They always have to take away some of the glory, some of the, the happiness that you have. You can't have any. You're not deserving of it. And yet, for some reason, as I say again and again and again, we hold on to these people with a death grip. Why? Is there or are there no others out there that are deservant of our love and affection? The same love and affection that we invest in these people each and every day. Does it stand to reason that they're using us and that we're allowing them to do that? Why? So yeah, that statement, a narcissist will promise you the same world they still owe their ex is perpetual. It's a cycle of abuse. It's what they do. They use people up and they spit them out. And this goes for a borderline too. It requires so much time and so much effort and so much energy that we pour into these people. And yet very little comes back. What does come back is designed. It's premeditated to keep you in the fold, to keep you in their orbit. They need you more than you need them. But yet we somehow reverse that. We need them. We can't live without them. But why do we say that? And why do we feel that? Is it because we're being rejected and nobody likes being rejected? Sure. I can agree with that. Nobody likes being told no. Is it reverse psychology that's being used here inadvertently by the narcissist or the borderline? The more they push away, the more we pull back. The more we actually push ourselves forward, not necessarily pull back. They're pushing us away and it's like opposing magnets. It's that that, that force field between us. We just won't let it go. What's wrong with us? You know, we're very quick to point the finger at the narcissist or the borderline or the psychopath or the histrionic person or whomever is abusing you in some way. Look at what they're doing. We play the victim. I know I've played the victim before. I don't play the victim anymore. And what my wife did in her behaviors really didn't affect me like it had or would have years or even months before. I see the progression now. It. I didn't even defend. I didn't jade myself into the situation with the flowers. That's just her behavior. You know, nothing you do is enough and it will never be enough. They have to find fault in everything you do. They can't support you. They cannot tell you that you've done right because that's against their grain. It's against their credo. You're useless You need to keep trying. They'll keep raising the bar. So, again, it comes full circle what I've talked about in the past podcasts, over 80-plus podcasts now. You have to think about your part in this relationship, and that's painful, and I understand that. I do. I get it because I'm in it, and I'm still in it. But you have to think about why you're still here Why are you still listening to this podcast? Why are you still listening to other podcasts? Why are you on the internet trying to figure these people out? Abuse is not love. Somebody can't beat you up physically and say, I did it because I love you. How does that sound? Where's the justification in that? And it's no different than somebody verbally or emotionally abusing you or neglecting you. I'm doing it because I love you. That doesn't make any sense. True, loving people don't do that. They don't hurt other people maliciously. They don't. And it doesn't matter whether they were raised in an abusive household. People can come out of that if they want to. If they want to change themselves. You know... If we allow them to continue to carry on the way that they're carrying on because we're concerned that if they leave us and they're going to go somewhere else, then somebody else is going to get what we should have. That's twisted. And I know because I've thought the same thing. So I'm not blaming you. I've been there, done that. Think about that. Why are you holding on other than perhaps financial other than perhaps a domestic situation in which you share children. If you're just dating somebody and they're treating you like this, get out. Don't stay in that relationship. It's demeaning. Don't pine for somebody who treats you like that. If you're married to somebody like that, well, that's unfortunate. And then, yeah, other factors come into play and I'm not going to be an armchair quarterback here and tell you, you know, you should get up and leave, just get in your car and drive away. Well, that's, probably not possible, not possible for me right now. So I get it, but then work on yourself and heal yourself so that when you see these situations occur, that they don't hurt you. Like that doesn't hurt me anymore. It doesn't surprise me. I don't find myself ruminating about it. I just let it go because it's par for the course. Unfortunately, doesn't make it right. So this flower incident, however benign it may be, is just yet another incident that fully exhibits to me whenever I question whether I am right in my observation. I can give you another small example. Went out, bought some milk, brought it home, and even though my wife has bought the same brand of milk time and time again, she said to me, why did you buy that? Why do you buy that milk? That's not the brand we buy. It's not organic. That was the only thing that was available. And I told her that. And I didn't go into further jading, justifying, arguing, defending, and explaining myself. But why does she have to even make a comment about it? It's because she is who she is. And that's the way it's going to be. MyInnerTorch at gmail.com. New episodes uploaded each and every Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for your continued listenership. I hope that you're getting something out of this. I hope if anything, you are becoming self-aware. Be well and whatever you do, be good. Till next time, this has been my inner torch.